I called it a falcon. It's a Maltese falcon because it it's is. a mystery. Yes, it is. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at that, Lisa. One person got it. I, I laughed. I have Maltese falcons amazing. Not to be ignored. <laughs> Phil has seen Maltese Falcon. I have. I got the joke and I laughed. (laughs) I got it. I got the joke and I laughed. Thank you. I got it. (laughs) Welcome to that episode was We Are Popsicle. In this episode, we'll be offering opinions and reactions to Stranger Things, Chapters 1, The Hellfire Club. Stranger Things follows an unlikely group of kid heroes as they continue to face off against creatures from the Upside Down in Hawkins, but now also California and Russia. Created by the Duffer Brothers, the first episode is written by Matt and Ross Duffer, along with Caitlin Schneiderhan, and directed by the Duffer Brothers. Before we continue, final warnings. There's absolutely no way we're not going to spoil most all of the things. So if you have not watched uh, episode or chapter one, The Hellfire Club, please go do so now. We highly encourage you and then come back for our discussion. I uh, am joined as always by my fearless, intrepid scoops troop. That's what they were called in season three, the, the little... Russian spy, Dustin's little, little oh, yeah. club of, yeah. of Russian spy um, kids. Um, so we're yeah, we're the scoops troop um, of the Stranger Things uh, discussions. It's delightful. Um, I am joined by Kelly Sue. Good morning, Kelly Sue. Good morning. Where were you in 1986? Oh, <laughs> in 1986, mm-hmm. I was two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't That's remember where you were. <laughs> That's amazing. I was swinging on a swing in my backyard from an avocado nice. tree. Lovely. I actually have a vivid memory of it. So That's nice. Yeah. There you go. Justin Penniston, where were you in 1986? High school. Yeah. Yes. I was a sophomore, I believe. I think I was a year above the kids, uh, you know, the... Mike and Will and huh. Lucas and Dustin. That's weird though, because you're older than me, and I was also a sophomore in high school in 1986. There we go. Here we go. You know, We've well, been on this podcast for not even four minutes. We, we, are, we were we were That's born strange. the same year, so it's not really yeah. that strange. I did start. I, I have a December birthday, so I did start school when I was four, and so I was 17 when I started college, which was delightful. Um, I'm, I have a February birthday, so I started rather late. Yeah. My mom tried to get me in earlier. Yeah. Um, See you. Still older than me. Uh, Uh, Yes, almost a year older than you, apparently. Yeah, yeah. apparently. Uh, Lisa K. Weber, uh, where were you in 1986? Um, I was eight, so I was in second grade. um, My eighth year is colored by my parents' divorce, so. Oh, Oh. yes. 
1986. Yay. The Yay. Movies you also yeah. entered the upside down. Yeah. That's, yes. Uh, yeah. In a manner of speaking. Yeah. We're psychologically prepared now for Stranger Things. <laughs> um, Bring it on. And, and Philip Kelly, our fearless uh, producer, uh, what were you doing in 1986? I was also eight. And I think that was, if if I mark the time period correctly, I was in Mississippi living there. Mm. Um, so, yeah. And my life was marred by religion and, and church. So, yeah. So we, we had as our, a group. We had our own. Mar- oh, sorry. I was just going to say we had our own special upside down. Yeah, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> I, I was just you about to say, so we as a group are either marred by, you know, <laughs> crazy religious upbringings or divorced upbringings. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. I bet yeah. so far everybody's really stoked to be listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. How much of our trauma are we going to be discussing? <laughs> you can't talk about Stranger Things without talking about trauma. It's true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Well, like, this is yeah. what happens when you get us together at 8 30 in the morning and we're all still like in our, you know, let me tell you about my deepest zone. wound real quick. Yeah, right. Please. <laughs> like, like, we're not going to end up doing that at the end of discussing this episode oh, wow. anyway. Oh could, my goodness. We could talk about dreaming about Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, we could always do that. <laughs> so, um, I want to jump right in and talk about characters because I think. You know, one of the wonderful things that Stranger Things does is, you know, with this first episode of every season, we just have these these quiet, calm moments, <laughs> sort that are sort of quiet and calm anyway, um, relatively speaking, where we get to just check in with these characters and find out like where they've been and what they've been doing and just all of the you know all of the stuff. So I, I personally coming into this season had to catch up on season three. So I am full of season three right now as well, which was amazing. I am kicking myself for having waited so long to watch it. Um, but in any case, you know, it's, I'm stressed out at the beginning already because the group split up. I hate it when, when our groups are split up. Um, when people are away from each other and the, we have the buyers in 11 out in California now, and Lucas is, you know, getting sucked in by the evil sports ball and abandoning his D and D crew. And, <laughs> and he's, he and Max are broken up and Max, Oh, Max is a whole thing right now, which I kind of love because I feel like we're really going to get a very, like a lot of Max story this season and I love her. She's delighted, delightful. Um, 11 is dealing with bullying. She's still not able to get her superpower mojo up and running. Um, and we have new characters, Eddie Munson, a rebellious metalhead, uh, D and D what, what, what is his role in the D and D group, uh, for those of master. Okay. I still don't really know that all the term anyway. Um, and also apparently a drug dealer. So there we go. I'm with you, Kelly Sue. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Kelly Sue was like, <laughs> oh, I'm just like, I'm like, how can you not know D and D or basketball? That's just, <laughs> it's gotta be, I feel like you have to pick Amazing. one. You have, have to work like hard. You know? <laughs> my, yeah. my favorite part about it is she's like, I mean, I don't know 
any I of couldn't the think terms. of it, even though you like, play like a weekly RPG. I know, but we don't have a I know, dungeon it's master because it's Star Trek. And yeah, Loki, Loki, kind of judgy. She's straight up like she's straight up like sports ball or your weird D and D terms. Okay, backing up. Didn't mean that about either of those. So we're so teasing you, Claire. We are. We are. But yes, but no, I couldn't. Legitimately, couldn't think of the the dungeon master like. You'd appreciate these things if you were older, Claire. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Well. Whew. Should be a segment. Should we just, Should we go? just make it a segment <laughs> where where Justin and Claire talk about who's older and who's not? Yeah. Um. Anyway, Eddie's also a drug dealer. I don't know about the drugs either. So, like you know, whatever it is he's selling, the the special K, which I guess is ketamine. ketamine. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, there you go. Um, Chrissy Cunningham, <laughs> a popular but troubled cheerleader for the few moments that we get to know her bless her heart and uh jason carver who's captain of the hawkins high school basketball team see i know basketball and an inspiring internet like inspirational guru slash televangelist like oh my god the vibes there were were uh triggering anyway Hmm. um so i want to know who's occupying your thoughts who are you thinking about so excited (sighs) Eddie Munson. (laughs) Kelly's like jumping in. Eddie is 100% the guy I would have had a crush on in high school, but not said anything about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I would have been like the second I saw him, I was like, oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) This is my dude. And I'm Um, sure a young person, so I don't want to be inappropriate about it, but mm -hmm. wow. Amazing. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Um, I like that very first scene. I was like, I mean, come on, let's take it down a notch, Eddie, mm-hmm. you know, but in like, especially in the scene with Chrissy, uh-huh. I noticed his eyes. I was like, oh, he has such pretty eyes. Oh <laughs> <laughs> then I, but then also in that, cause you know, he was like nice in that scene and he was like, like yeah. much, he was much more chill and much more like himself. Yeah. I think in that scene, he wasn't putting such an act on. And um, so I kind of fell in love with him in that scene. Yeah, I compl- I had a guy in high school with me who had that hair. It was blonde, not, you know, mm-hmm. darker like that. But it was that kind of like poofy mullet-ish kind of yeah. like just delightful. <laughs> oh, no. Final yeah. tap hair. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> like a punk rock nerd. Sort of my niche <laughs> yeah oh my goodness delightful <laughs> kelly sue i mean you're talking about a new character here who out of the the regular group of you know our recurring people who who is it that you um i immediately <clears throat> uh and i think we probably some of us probably share this um i immediately was like, oh, um, Sadie Sink is living my life as Max this season. I identified with her so intensely from the top. Um, that was what, even though I was more of a, I was more of a Nancy Wheeler in high school for sure. Um, (laughs) but I felt like Max. So that the kickoff with that was very much like, 
Oh, yeah. I'm experiencing some feelings that oh, I man. didn't, I wasn't expecting watching Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I felt so many feelings, particularly yeah. in the 11 storyline with the bullying. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. not so much in high school, but certainly in middle school, I was bullied pretty fucking terribly and um it was so I I was definitely like relating to that like kind of dread of like going to school and having to deal with these people and everything I do is wrong everything I do is the subject of ridicule like even if it's just totally innocuous Mm -hmm. like nothing and it's just like so I was definitely like having a lot of, again, it's like, let's relive our past traumas through Stranger Things. <laughs> oh, yeah. High school, yeah. the best times but of our lives. But then that experience sure. turned me into Max in high school. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, the just increasingly painful narration as she's reading her letter to Mike while she's like, you're seeing that, oh yes, none of these things are true. And that's what you do. I don't think I ever, you know, being bullied in high school as well. I don't think I ever expressed to my parents what was happening, you know, on a daily basis either. Uh Philip. Moi. Um, yeah, I, you know, Max is something else in this season. I've always loved Max though. Max has been great since she dropped into the story. I am happy that Lucas is kind of getting his own story now and his own agency. Cause I felt like the last few see, like the first three seasons, I've always been like, well, what about Lucas? <laughs> like He's always been really like kind of not really part of the main action. I, I've never really felt like. And so to see him kind of get his own um, storyline, I'm, I'm very happy with that. Uh, yeah, that, that's been pretty great. Um, I, it's high school. I, I hated high school. Like there was nothing about high school. I remember liking. I left high school two years in to go to the college. Cause I could not deal with it. Um, I did not, I just chose not to deal with it. I didn't like it. And, and I think. Was that an option? <laughs> a second. You did what now? <laughs> I went, I went post-secondary. I went to the local college and got away from high school almost for my junior and senior year. Cause I had high enough grades. So oh. I was I was getting college and high school credits at the same time, essentially following like a, a college uh, format. Because yeah. I did some of that. My dad too, did that, but I wasn't allowed to leave my high school. Oh yeah, I, I my junior year I took choir, and that was it. And then my senior year I was like, "Bye choir, you're getting in the way of my life." Uh- <laughs> Bye choir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, a t-shirt. Uh, Bye choir. My, Bye choir. Yeah, so I I got, I got out of there because high school was not kind to me i didn't fit in i mean i i was one of the characters from like y'all uh, one of the characters from stranger things i i was the head nerd my dad owned a comic book store um mm-hmm. i theater kid you know stuff like that so yeah w- always watching stuff like this is always kind of like we got like okay here we go yeah, very <laughs> yeah. triggering very i mean triggering stuff. this is not season four stuff but my identification with 11 in season three where she's like for the first time like connecting with a girlfriend and having mm-hmm. like those very first like oh my god we're talking about makeups and makeup and and she's going shopping and kind of learning about 
like fashion and how it can be fun and, and an expression of herself and, and learning about things she didn't know about. I don't, I didn't get that until I was in college basically, but yeah, it's like, I felt that like, Oh God, I, I just, I always felt like I was that person that I didn't understand what was going on. Like I remember <laughs> the cheerleading team and a couple of other friends were like super into Janet Jackson, Jackson's nasty in high school. And they were like trying to learn the video choreography. And I'm like, what's Janet Jackson? Like I, what is a Janet Jackson? What is I, Janet don't, Jackson? I don't understand. <laughs> what is Janet Jackson? <laughs> like what's happening? Who is this person? I don't know. Anyway. Wow. Um, Justin. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, maybe it's because I grew up, I don't know, black, um, but like Janet Jackson, I had known who Janet Jackson was since she was a little girl because she was on Good Times mm-hmm. and she was, you know, and then later on she was on Fame um, and she was Michael Jackson's sister. <laughs> I would have asked what, what is a Michael Jackson at the same oh, time good though, too. Like I had no um, idea. It's interesting because this is one of those moments where I'm like, my experience is completely different than all of y'all's because I loved high school. I had a great time in high school. I, um, I, the character that I most associated myself with in this scenario was Lucas probably because I was living the life of being a nerd, but having the door with the cool kids open to me, you know? And so I got to do both and to deal with, you know, I I dealt with, I didn't have his struggle. I didn't have Lucas's like, you know, Oh God, I have to choose between the big D and D game or the championship game. I never had that problem. (laughs) Um, But, you know, like I was able to make it work, you know? And so like, when I was a little kid, when I was in elementary school, there was some bullying in my life, but I was kind of oblivious to some of it. Like, you know, when the kids were calling me gay, but as far as I knew that only meant happy. And so I never, it never bothered me. You know what I mean? Like it took me a long time to even realize that was a thing that I would necessarily be bothered by. And, you know, even then only because it was the eighties and I was male, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, and yet, and yet, like, I associated with these kids super hard in season one because that kid was me in season one. I was the kid who had my friends I played D&D with, and I would have cut off my right pinky to have an adventure like the kind those kids had in season one. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I would have picked one of my friends to get sucked into the upside down. You go. Or we're going to have to ask you. <laughs> you, <know what> I mean? <laughs> you go. <laughs> we'll you go. Not me, though. I'm not going to be the one. No, not me. No, 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 no. <laughs> I I responded powerfully to Eddie Munson because he would have been the kid that I would have been like, really? You're the one repping D&D right now? And I would have felt like I had to start a separate group in order to (laughs) not be like, you know, D&D and weird to be like, look, D&D is just D&D, you know. Why are you talking about my mega crush like this? <laughs> because he was my, he would have been my rival, my annoyance. He would have oh, been yeah. my, Okay, you know, he can be both. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm fairly certain. I will certain say, just to clarify both. too, Justin, I'm completely with you. I did love high school, but mm-hmm. the only reason I loved it is because I created a space to love it because I didn't want to be home, which is why I was in 70, mm-hmm. 11, the extracurricular. And that also, that also was me because I was in a lot of extracurriculars mm-hmm. and I also did not want to be at my home, which yeah. was like, you know, a seething mass of dysfunction. So, Let's be clear. There's always an upside down somewhere. 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 Yes, yes. You right. don't want to be. Yeah. 100%. Yes. But we always get sucked in. Yeah, I, it kind of does that. I want to ask, um, just because you're talking about like loving D&D so much and your connection to it and that you would have never let it go, you know, when you were younger, Justin, what I kind of want to hear what everyone's take is on Will right now. Mm-hmm. Like, He's reacting a lot, but there's clearly they're hinting at something going on with Will. This like, you know, he's working on his artwork. He brought, yeah, he, he's just bringing this energy of, of something's happening. And I kind of want to get everybody's hot take on where he is right it's, now. It's going to, I mean, I'm just, let me just preface it all by saying I love Will. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, he's like so sensitive and I feel like he gets short shrift a lot because a lot of the first season, he just wasn't even there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And so like his character gets a lot of like short shrifting because we didn't like, we didn't kind of come up with him, so to speak, you know? Mm -hmm. So here he is and he's he's a little bit inscrutable Mm -hmm. in um, the beginning of this. Um, it's going to be hard for me to not talk about the rest of it because, of course, I devoured the whole thing this weekend. But um, just in this first episode, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like we've been made to understand what's going on with him, like from, you know, previous kind of hints throughout the story. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's in a place where he can't, he can't truly express himself he's mm. doing it as best he can through art but we don't even see it you know yeah. um and um yeah again I, I I guess I can't go too far in talking about him in just this episode but it, I mean I love Will <laughs> uh, I actually because I thought about when when Philip said that he felt like Lucas kind of got a little shafted in some of the earlier seasons I felt like Will was the one who got shafted in the earlier seasons. Like he was always the damsel in distress or, you know, um, or the one kind of left on the sidelines, you know, that was kind of his arc in season three. Like, what are we just going to play D and D, you know? And like, he's, and you know, his role has become the kid who is sort of behind the others, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt like in this first episode of the season, he and Jonathan both felt a little sidelined to me, you know, yeah. like they yeah. were, we were reminded that they were there, but I didn't have a sense like with Will, it's like, we know he wants something, but you know, the fact that he, whatever it is he wants, they're not going to tell us right now, mm-hmm. which kind of makes him a cipher, you know? Mm-hmm. Literally, um, you know, I see him as being this kind of like central object that everybody else is, is orbiting around because he's the character who, who unlike everybody else doesn't have 
a direct other like relationship that he is pinging off of and consumed by he's just kind of standing still in the center while everybody else is pointed away from him and it, it's, it's, is interesting because you, you, we go from him being the center of everybody's thoughts and, and, you know, concerns in season mm-hmm. one to it, everybody's, you know, swirling around and that focus has shifted so dramatically. Well, it's um, like nobody's focused on his presence. They were only focused on his absence. Yeah. Yeah. That too. You know? Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, I was getting in this, in the first episode, a little bit of a, are we going to have a conversation about maybe identification of sexuality, maybe? Yeah. You know, I was sort of feeling like, I think that there, I think there's some seeds here that we're going to kind of explore Um, with Will. I, I didn't get that in this episode. But yeah, I've got that. I mean, I've gotten that before. I got it know. in this episode with yeah. Elle talking about how he's been acting strange. Maybe there's a girl in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at school, like pretty girl tries to flirt with him and he's like- Oh, was that this episode? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I thought mm-hmm. that was earlier. Yes. I mean, later. Um, how yes, many of yes. us, yeah. how many of, just because this is an interesting question in terms of bingeability and like how audiences are consuming stranger things, how yeah. many of us have watched the whole season, like uh, the first volume? I, everybody else's hands went up, but mine, just yeah. so the and audience. Mine. I uh, haven't knows. either. Yeah. I watched the first it, couple. You know what it shows me? Time. And I have to say this. What it shows me is. I have more free time than I think I do <laughs> because I'm always like, Oh no, I don't have time to do that. Right. But uh-huh. I watched seven, not short <laughs> episodes. Definitely yeah. not short. They're mm-hmm. hefty. Not short. Yeah. Um, I was, I, but it, was like, it, made, me, it made me so glad that we're doing this because so often when I binge something, it's like I binge it and then I like forget 99% of it. Because yeah. yeah. Well, it all just happened so fast. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of, I kind of like that we're yeah. going to be doing one by well, one. On our expectation, really take it Lisa, in. Yeah. yeah. Our expectation, Lisa, is that you'll have watched each of these episodes four times by the time we're done <laughs> with this so podcast true. series. No, about um, four so times, I, twice, I, uh, twice, twice, maybe twice. I, I've only watched these once, but I will, I will add that because I've only seen the first couple episodes, I'm also picking up on what you were saying, Kelly Sue. Not having oh. seen the rest of it about Will, that there's some yeah. sexual identity stuff going on, and that's something, which I love. Something big, yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna. Clearly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we all do. Yeah. I just read fans. an article about. I, I just read an article about it in Variety. You did? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and um, some. It's interesting how they talk to various members of the cast about it, and like like Millie Bobby Brown and Noah Shap are kind of like. Maybe it shouldn't be left. Maybe it should go undefined. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's the point that you know, especially in this era, you know, a kid wouldn't necessarily reveal that about himself. So maybe you know, yeah. Um, and whereas David Harbor's like, he wants to be in the basement with Mike forever and ever playing D and D. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> thanks, David. All right, we're going to go to a different topic, uh, but we're also going to go to break. Please come back 
and rejoin us in a minute. If you like this conversation, you'll want to join us as we head into the dark regions, maybe even darker regions of the psyche, with David Lynch and Mark Frost's Twin Peaks in our latest series, That Gum You Like, coming in June. You can also check out our recently finished series, Murder Husbands, a meticulously polite dive into the TV series, Hannibal. For more updates on that and all things Popsicle, follow us at Popsicle Pod on all social medias and join our mailing list at our website, popsiclepod.com for all the latest news and announcements. That's Popsicle Pod, P-O-P-S-K-L-P-O-D. from break. Thanks for joining us again. Um, I was very interested at the beginning of this first episode to see, I'm, I'm assuming everybody got this on their Netflix, um, the audience warning at the beginning of the episode, um, which was of course in response to recent current events, our most recent, un, uncountable, unnumerable at this point, um, school mass shooting in the United States. Um, and, you know, it just reminded me that, yeah, we're, we're getting ready to head into some really serious stuff. Uh, high school kind of just is anyway. And, you know, we've already talked about bullying and our experiences with bullying and what 11 is experiencing. Um, they seem to be, you know, heading into, uh, some discussions about, you know, drugs as well. Like we've, you know, not only does, um, Kelly Sue's boyfriend, you know, obviously deal in the drugs and <laughs> you know, have them around, but, but also, um, Jonathan. Do look bad? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but but also we have you know pr a pretty heavy emphasis on you know our pot smoking <laughs> jonathan at this point what a stoner well. i know <laughs> such a california thing uh -huh. oh my goodness uh -huh. um yeah only california <laughs> yeah exactly um and so naturally of course in stranger things we're going to tackle it you know via nightmare on elm street and you know whatever else the heck is going on so this is this is our you know opportunity to talk about the scary stuff happening what what we see in that um but also i kind of just want everybody's take on how what does the horror genre have give us in these kind of like current event kind of like how does it help us deal with stuff does it help uh, us deal with stuff? Go Lisa. And for me, it's like, cause for a long time, I like wasn't engaging in horror. And then I started to re-engage in horror. Um, for the last couple of years, it was like, I started catching up on all of the horror movies that I had let slide by. And um, I started becoming much more of a horror fan than I've ever been. And um, I think the timing of that is interesting. And so I've thought about why now, like, why am I getting into this stuff now? And I think it's, I, I mean, like, we started the conversation talking about processing trauma. I think horror movies help us do that too. I think they absolutely do. It's like, you see these characters 
run a fucking gauntlet facing like literal life and death situations and you feel stuff I just want to say real quick about the nightmare on Elm Street like stuff so I couldn't fucking believe that they referenced nightmare on Elm Street five with the death of Chrissy and like the bulimic cheerleader character who is in Nightmare on Elm Street 5, the dream child. And that particular death of like the bulimic teenager, that particular dream death stayed with me. Like that was one of the only Nightmare on Elm Street scenes that I saw as a kid and it like never left. It totally disturbed the shit out of me. And I like, cause in in that movie, it's like Freddy Krueger ends up like basically feeding herself to her and she like chokes on her own like guts and it's like fucking gross shocker Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) but I was like of course of course that's the one that they're gonna reference in this so did it scare you out of having an eating disorder (laughs) (laughs) maybe (laughs) I had I some say stuff that. going on at that time in my life where I was like, I mean, like I had some, but yeah, yeah. And I was like, um, so anyway, this is all just to say that it's like, this is what I'm talking about with like the horror genre mm-hmm. and the stuff that stays with you and how it gets referenced in this show is oh like, oh. ugh, it's infuriating yeah. to me how well they use the references i know well the- well and can i just say i appreciate anytime anybody highlights what the references are because in my notes for this i'm like we're going to tackle it via nightmare on El- <laughs> elm street slash <laughs> halloween slash yeah. i don't know what 80s movies this is like somebody's going to have to clarify this for me like I feel like that might yeah. have been a yeah. connection, but I don't. Yeah, know. definitely, definitely. Nightmare on Elm Street is the big one here, but I, yeah. that I like that that clock is is hitting me because I, yeah, anybody, I I feel like anybody at any age, no matter what age you're at, the first time you come in contact with uh, death in your life, and uh-huh. all these kids right now in in schools, like I'm tying it back into that a little you mean bit. In real life. In real life, yeah. yeah. Not real seeing life. Bambi, but like yeah, 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 yeah. Like in real life, like these kids in these schools who are experiencing death in the classrooms right now, and just like literally anybody who's really experiencing death firsthand, they come into contact with their own mortality, and you feel that fucking ticking clock. You're like, shit, that's mm-hmm. death. This is this is with me now, and this could happen at any time. Like mm-hmm. there's that damn clock, and you feel that hanging over your head. Uh, yeah. and, and that's that visual sort of element of this show being connected with kids who have gone recently through traumatic deaths, mm-hmm. um, is like hitting me pretty hard. And, and I'm, I, I'm enjoying that aspect of the sort of, as yeah. Lisa was saying, tackling these, like that horror element helps us examine maybe what we're going through or, or to understand what other people are going through to some degree, uh, mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm digging yeah. that mo- that horror motif quite a bit. 
I was having very Friday the 13th vibes this time around. I was feeling that vibe. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the vibes that we're noticing in these first (laughs) episodes. Um, I totally hear what everyone has said. And I hear what you've said as well, Phil, when I was six, I think six years old, um, the day after my older sister's high school graduation, her best friend was killed in a car accident and like smashed her car into a tree in the rain. Um, I will never forget it. It's like the memory of that time and the like vigil at the school and the flowers that were set aside by the tree. I remember it all so vividly and the funeral and taking food and all of this and how much it shook up this, like our entire sort of community at that time, because, you know, everybody had just graduated and it was like, the future is ahead of us. And that on top of, you know, this was a time period where the dare program was so in your face and, you know, like drug awareness and don't do drugs and just say no was like, I mean, as a kid, you couldn't get away from it, even being as young as I was at the time. I think Dare started in like 83 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of also remembering this satanic panic thing that was going on at the time, huh. you know, where it was just like, we were, what I find so interesting about how the show is portraying this time is how there was so much emphasis on like, the kids aren't okay we need to like intervene. And there's a, there's a crisis for kids, you know, when really we were like, I think y'all are the crisis, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and it goes to show so well that like, you know, with the, with the exception of maybe Joyce or maybe not the exception of Joyce, cause Joyce is kind of, <laughs> you know, she goes off on a, on a sort of <laughs> different kind of a journey. Right. But all of the adults are just so fucking checked out even in this first these first two episodes you're just like oh yeah Joyce's interaction with her kids is literally just running after them as they are fleeing away (laughs) and her yelling no slow down and it's so it's such a great metaphor for this time of life like that's exactly how you feel as a parent but also she's just completely off doing her own thing everybody totally but it's like they they to you know to bring it back to all of that it was like how much that shaped the time. And again, I don't remember it as well as y'all, but I do have a supernatural memory of the eighties for whatever reason. And I think the way that they've portrayed it is so shockingly perfect, which is amazing because the Duffer brothers are actually even younger than me. So I'm like, it must've just been hardwired into all of our brains. The eighties just exists as a, as a vibration that was downloaded <laughs> yeah. into our brains. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's because it. it's sure. because those of us who were like kids in the eighties, like, you know, teens in the eighties, mm-hmm. we have kept the eighties alive in yeah. a way that, you know, so it permeates even the people who are kind of too young to have a pre like we have kept the eighties alive. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's funny, but the thing that really struck me here from a horror standpoint and, you know, um, cause I don't know, I've never been scared of drugs mostly because I'm personally terrified of them and don't really fuck with them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I'm and I don't understand how other people can, so it just doesn't seem like a thing to me. Like I don't, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but like, and it's interesting we haven't talked about this because the opening of this season yeah. is full on terrifying, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and it connects very closely to this whole bullying thing because even though the the timeline is wonky, we are treated to seeming to images of 11 having freaking massacred people mm -hmm. you know and then finding out that in her future she's a victim of bullying yeah you know and it's sort of this whole like this is what happens now kids get bullied and they get themselves an ar-15 and they fucking massacre kids you know mm -hmm. other kids and it's like this you know so like this really connects to the whole Columbine to Uvalde thing of it all. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and I like, I, I, and I neglected to talk about this when we were talking about characters because I really zeroed in on 11 for this reason. Because mm -hmm. I find myself asking myself, is 11 going to get her powers back? And is she going to be fucking dangerous when she does? And not in a good way. Mm -hmm. And like, I rewatched season one of Stranger Things recently, and I haven't, I didn't manage to finish two or three, but Eleven kills a bunch of people in season one. <laughs> like she's, she's a killer, you know? Yeah. And because it's media and because she's the good guy, you know, we sort of gloss over it, but she's a killer and killers are scary. People who are capable of killing a murder, that's scary. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's knowing that, you know, for Eleven, it comes all of how she was quote unquote raised and how she has been treated, which is exactly what it is with these kids, you know, that are shooting up schools today. And it's that, that got its claws deep into me watching yeah. this, you know. We think I can't even Hannibal imagine being sending a kid off to school. I can't imagine that feeling. Oh, it's, it's the worst. It's the worst. Yeah, I drive my kid to. Well, we had a school shooting in my son's school district. Mm -hmm. uh, I have friends who have kids at that school. Right, as, right before the pandemic. Yeah. yeah, so I have I have the muscle memory of being on the way to school with my kids, sitting in line, and a friend calling me and saying, "Hey, there's a school shooting in in the school district. They they don't know what school. They the news doesn't know which one. Is it your kid's school?" And me you know, us turning around and like fleeing from his school mm -hmm. in the morning because we just didn't know yeah, if right. it was his school. Yeah, that kind yeah. of lives with me every time I drive him to school these days. I found myself being like, oh, I'm so glad Jones goes to, cause he's, he goes to school at an elementary school now. Um, and I'm like, oh, thank God it's a, this is a closed campus. So there's a like 10 foot tall chain link fence around the entire school. I couldn't even get to Jones's classroom without going through the front office. And I was thinking to myself, thank God this is a closed campus. But then I was also like, that is so sad. Yeah. We feel you like know? we have to take our kids to a, a fortress. Yeah. Every day. And, you know, like, you know, we're talking about how the parents are like absent in Stranger Things. Yeah. And God knows my parents barely knew I existed in the 80s. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like they would eventually, if I didn't show up at the allotted time, you know, then I was in trouble. 
Right. But other than that, I could have been up to any craziness, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, and I had complete autonomy. I was all over. I ran amok in DC as a teenager, you know, <laughs> I was all, let me, I, yeah. I could tell you the stupidest stories of the yeah. crazy shenanigans me and my friends got up to, but like my parents had no clue, no clue. And nowadays, like parents have to feel like they, there's, I can't imagine parents feeling like they could be that way with their kids now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah, it's completely different. Yeah. Um, well, I want to move on to my personal list of hot takes. And Let's have if it. Everybody else has other head hot takes. Just, you know, sh shout them out. Um, Bring it. As Kelly Sue noted, oh my God, it's the satanic panic. And I'm so excited to revisit that from the other side of the satanic panic, because at the time it was actually happening, I was convinced it was actually happening. Oh my God. <laughs> so yay for us. Um, Am I the only one who had, to, who had to talk their parents down during the satanic panic? I did have to tell my mom, no, oh. seriously, no. No way yeah. you're worshiping the Yeah. No. It's funny, like I played D&D, &D, I never got a hint of that from my pastor really? parents. I never got a hint of it. My, my parents were convinced that like there were witches um, in our community that were actively cursing our church. And yeah, there was a whole lot of that. Anyway. My parents um, were worried that I might commit suicide or murder over the yeah. game. Not that I was going to get possessed. Oh, by God. That happened yeah. to a kid in my, in this, in the county, like in Orange County, there was a kid who had committed suicide over. Um, I think that's one of the only reasons that it was on my radar at that time. Yeah. Um, that day in the life we've already mentioned this as well of you know matthew Mateen's character that cold open Papa. A, it was delightful to see him back and yeah sort of and mm -hmm. be like holy cow that you did really like we were watching it my husband and i and we were like what the fuck oh my god this is uh, i'm so this happy season. matthew modine is back by the way like yeah. really really happy about it mm -hmm. i I'd like longtime crush on Matthew Modine <laughs> back from married to the mob, married to the mob. <laughs> where it started <laughs> and it never went away. And I'm like, yes, Matthew over Modine doing his crossword with a two H pencil, which I at first would say doing your crossword with a pencil. That's not hardcore, but doing it with a two H pencil. That's hardcore as fuck. Yep. Yeah. Timed. You're straight uh, up etching that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I feel a little awkward saying this, but given my age and his age, uh, Mike is looking really nice. Mike, my, really? yeah, no, he's like, his face is longer and like, he, I had no idea that you, that Fine. this was a type of yours. This is a type. This is a central type of mine. Like this the, is my, I'm going to tell you right now, my favorite hot take of this entire season of that episode was, is this <laughs> real yeah. Claire. I'm learning so much right now. Yeah. <laughs> and the best thing for me in the entire episode was Max and the Kate Bush song, like narrating her trip into high school and just like that was on point i immediately knew exactly what was going on i'm here um, number one that it. kate bush song is just like the best thing ever i could listen to it on repeat over mm -hmm. and over and over and over yeah, i'm like i hope that this <laughs> i mean 
those of us who love Kate Bush are already pumping the Spotify numbers on Kate Bush on a regular basis. hundred mm-hmm. yeah, percent. But you know what? I'm happy for the masses to bump her numbers even more because God damn it, does she deserve it? She sure does. I'm happy that Gen Z <laughs> is getting a lesson in Kate Bush. Yeah, for real. If I could have had anything from normal society in my life at that time in high school, it, I want it to have been Kate Bush. If I could have gone back and mm-hmm. yeah, it's amazing. Um, I know that was the last of your hot take, but like, yeah, all the other hot seriously t- not even going to mention Erica Sinclair. Oh my God, dude. Holy oh. shit. Wow. I love her. And that entire last like 15 minutes of that episode, like, because that was a workhorse episode where it was like, okay, this is where everyone is. Mm-hmm. This is what's going on. Let's establish our place and establish where everyone is. Mm-hmm. And then bam, that last 15 minutes was like, what? 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 I think it's amazing. I think we didn't discuss <laughs> yeah. it because it was all about both D and D and basketball. So Claire really had no idea what was going oh, on. Oh, right. No, <laughs> what was happening? Oh, yeah. It like Claire right. cold. <laughs> was anybody else thinking, and I'm sure it was movie magic, but I thought for so long, I'm like, how did they get the shot of the D20? <laughs> how many takes? <laughs> I swear they use special effects on that. They had to have. Yeah. Can I? I'm so glad we brought this up because I have to share my my hot take <laughs> as the D&D nerd of the group, like the biggest yeah. D&D nerd, okay? Because I was playing what it was called AD&D at the time, mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons, first edition, what they were playing. And there were tiny little errors for the first time in their D&D-ness. Ooh. Uh, well, freaking Erica's character you know, Lady she was Applejack? a 14th, she was a fourth Lady Applejack. Yes. Lady Applejack. She was a 14th so level chaotic, good half elf rogue. Okay. Mm-hmm. There was no such thing as a rogue in for, in first edition D and D. She would have been a thief or, oh or alternately an assassin. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no such thing. Listen, and that let's amazing... get the Duffers on the phone <laughs> oh. and tell them everything they've done oh wrong. God. In their life. Well, you got to pull the whole thing now. Start over. Yeah. We need it's to that just, moment let's where just I was throw like, the entire show in the garbage. I, you know, but you know how it is when you're a fan of something and that you always get it right, and then mm-hmm. and then that moment when they don't, you're like, oh, oh, why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> and also just that die roll that you guys were just gushing over the, the possibly you know cgi man those particular die were not available until third edition oh yeah they're those modern were dice. Some mo- yeah. those were very modern modern dice, dice yeah yeah um and i was like because i had some lame ass like hunko plastic who, dice back who then. is the D consultant on this show like <laughs> no one no one, no one apparently they need to hire justin for it this ain't role me. that's what i'm saying Screw yeah um, so let's get the duffers on the line and exactly. be like, y'all need to hire Justin as your Hi. D&D like, um, Matt and Ross, consultant. I was just calling to let you know that you're both failures. <laughs> <laughs> I hope your parents aren't alive so they don't feel this disappointment. No. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, uh-huh. But also, this is this is the panic about D and D. It's not a satanic panic. It's a oh um, my god, they're using the wrong dice. And here is the super fun fact that I found out while looking into this episode. Okay. So Chrissy, the cheerleader, who gets ignominiously offed at the end of the episode. Yeah. 
was played by actress Grace Van Deen, <laughs> who has quite the pedigree. A, she is the daughter of Casper Van Deen, who played Johnny Rico in Starship Troopers. Stop. Wow. wow. She is the great granddaughter of Robert Mitchum on her mother's side. And she is the great great grandniece of motherfucking Mark Twain. Come on. She is a relic in her family tree. She has legends, freaking legends. So wait, who is her mother? Her mother, her name is something Mitchum. I forgot. Uh, Carrie Mitchum nice or something Mitchum. like that. When she's yeah. she's uh, she's really good. Robert I mean, Mitchum, nice to Mitchum. She likes <laughs> that one's for you, Lisa. Oh my god, <laughs> that's she... a reference to Mystery Science Theater three thousand, the movie. That's amazing. <laughs> amazing. I mean, she's she's genuinely really good in this episode. Like oh, she, she's very, very. She good, takes yeah. you on a whole journey. She gets one episode, and you're you know everything Oof. about this you know, young woman. Uh, she's great. Yeah. Um, my my two real quick hot takes: Pepper Alleys can die, and forever, forever. Yeah. And that that edited sequence between the basketball game and the D and D game was some of the most magnificent storytelling. You know, oh, so I, I've seen this year. It was incredible. Exquisite. Where was the D and D game being played? Were they in the basement of the high school? It felt very Buffy. I played. I played at the high school. We would find places at the high school, school to play. I played yeah. in a room in yeah. high school. Yeah. Oh wow. Sure. Yeah. Wow. I didn't. Okay. Not that I even knew. And D&D it didn't have to be thing. in the basement. We were on the second yeah. floor, baby. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably time to wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It is. And uh, (laughs) in the midst of our cackling, I'm going to turn to Lisa because I'm sure she has a stellar, stellar recommendation for us. If you like this episode of Stranger Things, um, you will probably like this as well. This is a stellar recommendation. Um, When I watched these on Friday night, I was like, you know, lying in bed and then it was getting real scary. And I was like, I need a palate cleanser before I close my eyes or I'm going to have terrible nightmares. So I was trying to find something to watch. I tried watching a little bit of Obi-Wan, but it started with children in peril. And I was like, that's not really where I can go right now. So um, (laughs) I went to Strange New Worlds and boy, that was the medicine (sighs) that I needed in my brain and my heart before going to sleep. So (laughs) you need to feel like really nice about stuff after processing all of your horrific trauma through Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. Go check out Strange New Worlds on Paramount Plus. You'll feel so good about life and the future. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you would do us proud. That is so good. Yep. It is amazing. All right. Well, we have done chapter one. Strange New Things season four. Strange Join New Things. things. <laughs> Strange New Things. <laughs> Don't we have to do that episode was? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you missed the, oh, you missed God, the hook. Yes. <laughs> All right. Please edit that out. I don't want that in there, Philip. Good yeah. Lord. Oh, um, I desperately want that in there. Don't. <laughs> <edit it out. laughs> 
please help me. It's early in the morning. Um, all right. Well, before we leave, we need to find out from everybody uh, what their one word answer is to that episode was. Philip, I'm going to you first. That episode was high school. <laughs> <laughs> That was a word, though. That was a <laughs> excellent, uh, Justin. That episode was super structurally sound. <laughs> super structurally sound with the alliteration, baby. <laughs> one word answers. One word. Have we ever given just a one word answer? I don't think we have. Kelly's too. That episode was nerdy as hell. Yeah. <laughs> and Lisa K. Weber. That episode was a hooker. Wow. Nice. <laughs> wow. I'm just going to say that episode was groovy, dude. <laughs> I've never that's Claire's that, impression but, of a stoner. Yeah, I've never lived that. I don't that, think so she's ever. I don't think she's ever seen a stoner. Which might actually be better ever. than Argyle's impression of a stoner. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't really talk about him, but oh, we're going to. I'm sure soon. Actually, listen to Pass the Duchy. <laughs> I hate it. Oh my goodness! <laughs> All right. Okay. We can do this. We're going to sign off now because that's what we do at the end of a podcast episode. <laughs> Please join us next Wednesday for our discussion of Stranger Things, Chapter 2, Vecna's Curse. Until Ooh. then... This has been a Popsicle Podcast production. I think Claire nailed it.